2: I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positrack rear in on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source.
1: All right, it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Josh Goff was going to join us today from Legacy Automotive and Light Auto Brokers up in Boulder, but he uh, let me know sort of last minute that he was not feeling well today. So, Josh, if you're listening, hope you feel better and appreciate all that you do, not only for us, but all of our listeners as well. And Josh, a great guy. They run a great business up in the Boulder area. And if you're in that northern Colorado area, you need anything done, Legacy Automotive is the place to go. And if you're looking to buy or sell, you know, trade down, trade up a used car, Ridgeline Auto Brokers up there would love to help you as well. And he owns both. So we appreciate what they do for us. Questions. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. Text line 307 Eighty-two twenty-two. as we head into Father's Day weekend. Yes, this is a live show on June the 17th. We had a great time, by the way, last week at Worldwide Vintage Autos. So thank you guys very much, if you're listening, for having us out. We did appreciate that very, very much. We had a, had a blast and met a lot of you, by the way, that were out there at the event as well. Question of the day today in honor of Dad for Father's Day. The best car repair or driving tip your dad ever taught you? That is the question of the day. Now, some of you had dads that were really handy and probably taught you a lot. Others, who knows, maybe you only have one or two tips to share. Just depends on the life that you had. I was thinking about this a little bit last night, and what got me to do this question of the day is I had a project at home that my wife wanted me to do and was doing some different things, and I had to make some brackets and drill some holes and do some different things and so on, and sort of took... One thing and made something new out of it, basically. Probably the best way to say it. And as we were doing it, my wife looked at me and she said, kind of in bewilderment, she said, How did, wh- who, who did you, you know, who taught you and how did, you know, how do you know how to do all these things? And honestly, that's probably the first time that question has ever been asked of me in my entire life, other than maybe from one of my kids. And I sat there for a minute and I didn't really know how to answer the question. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just do. Well, thought more about it throughout the night and even this morning and really the answer is because I had a father. A, I had a father. B, I had a father that was always around. And C, I had a father that was very mechanically inclined that really taught me. And I had other individuals, my my uncle as well and I've got some folks that you know were very good mentors of mine besides my dad, but really my dad and being around him for all of the years that I was living at home, you know, some 19, 20 years living at home, and then even beyond that, but just being around, you know, him, and he was super handy, and just, you know, we were, we were one of those homes where uh, it's partly where some of what I do on Fix It Radio comes in, in handy. We were one of those homes where we, we rarely raised the white flag of surrender and called a repairman. I can really probably count... On one hand, growing up, the amount of times a repairman showed up to our house. We fixed everything ourselves. I say ourselves. My, I was probably, as a young boy, more in the way than I was actually helping, and sometimes I'm sure I tested my dad's patience when it came to some of those things, but I watched and learned and absorbed as much information as I could as a young boy. All of that very much interested me. I love working with my hands, and that's just the way my brain works, and Again, I was fortunate to have a father, it's Father's Day weekend, but he was, you know, he's, my wife just reminded me, yes, I still have one, yes, I know I still have one, yes, he's still around, he's probably listening, so yes, dad, thank you, Uh, and and he still teaches me things today, and, uh, you know, some, I don't know, 50-some years later, but as a young boy growing up and just watching the way a lot of those things got done, you just sort of... I don't know, Larry and Charlie, by osmosis, you just picked things up by watching somebody else do it. And it didn't take very long to figure out, you know, how these things worked and how you put things together and all of that. It just happened. I have no other way to say it. It just just happened. Larry's got something he wants to say. Go ahead, Larry. Grab the mic and go for it.
3: Believe it or not, John, as I started in 72 working on cars, and that's what we did. We fixed things, we repaired things, yeah. we did not replace things.
1: Good point. And that's just what you did. Good point. That's what you did then. So again, f- f- share with some of uh, or share with us and all of those listening some of your favorite stories along those lines as well. Larry will answer calls and, and again, this really is a show more about you and dads and really, you know, honoring them in a way and letting others know uh, you know, what did dad teach you and maybe it could be even something that you learned that you've passed down and taught Some of your loved ones. It doesn't have to just be sons. could be sons, daughters, whatever. Um, The other thing that, that, you know, one thing that I can still remember to this day, driving tip. So, I mean, my dad taught me a lot when it came to the mechanical end of things, plumbing, electricity, you name it. But when it came to the driving side of it, one thing my dad taught me that I still do today is look at the other people as they're driving at you, especially if you're on a two-lane road. And what are they doing? Where are their eyes? What's going on inside the car? And a lot of you're thinking, you can't see all of that from looking at the other car coming at you. Actually, you can. You can tell from a not too, you know, really fairly fairly distance, by the way. You can tell what's the driver doing. Are they dinking around? Are they looking around? Are they looking at something? Are they looking up? Are they looking down? You know, what are they doing? It's, a, it's one of the best defensive driving tips I think anybody's ever given me, is what is that driver doing that's coming at you or around you? So share your tips with us, though. We'd love it. We've got a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. Jerry and Greeley, you're next.
4: Hi, John. I, um, I was wondering if you might have a way to check for sure what transmission fluid I would need uh, in my pickups. There was some confusion at the dealership. out Maybe their computer wasn't working right that day. But um, anyway, I've got a 2017 F-150 with the 10-speed, and I've got a 2019 F-150 with the 6-speed. And the owner's manual, the glove box manuals, um, didn't seem to agree with, with what was on the database. So I don't know if something's been superseded with a new and improved fluid. But the the, I guess the main question was between LV, which I'm told stands for low viscosity, and ULV, which I'm told stands for ultra low viscosity. And I don't know if they're compatible necessarily. Um, The ultra
1: low would probably be compat. You know, let me. It would be backwards compatible, is what I would say. Much like engine oil, and it does. What I'm looking up right now says ULV, so you need the ultra low viscosity and i don't think you could sub- supersede it the other way around or at least i wouldn't i would not put lv in place of ulv
4: well and and that's yeah that's kind of what i was assuming even though uh, on the 17 you know the the owner's manual the glove box manual says lv but i'm told that the ulv is better you know newer. i would say
1: i would agree with that jerry yes Okay, and that's probably where some of that discrepancy. And by the way, the dealer should have been able to explain that to you as well as I just did. It's not that complicated.
4: Well, things things go wrong. Computers
1: I know, and tough. I and I you know I've had several <laughs> conversations of late with individuals even emailing me and asking me questions about dealership things where I have to be wondering at this point, Jerry, who's working at these dealerships now?
4: Yeah,
1: I'm serious. Uh, you
4: know, that's. Uh... There's all sorts of, I guess, aspects of modern American society where there are there are problems that
1: with uh, with skills, I guess. I guess so. I mean, I, and I've had these situations of late where th- with dealerships really flat out giving the total wrong information, and it's a product they should know like the back of their hand, Jerry. Yeah, I don't get you know,
4: it. I, I think you know, I run into things where. Um, It seems like employers are just grateful to have anybody on the job, you know, period, that's willing to work.
1: I also did a check, too, and going all the way back, that that ULV will go all the way back to 2017. So, yes, I would use that in both trucks, Jerry. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you, sir. You're very welcome, Jerry. Appreciate you calling in. And, uh, as always, enjoy talking to you. Jim and Byers, you're up. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Hey, John.
5: Hey, you know, I mean, I don't know about your dad, but my dad dad and my mom were Depression-era children.
1: Mine yeah, was a no. little bit older than that, but still had those traits from my grandfather.
5: Okay. But anyways, you know, the one thing I've noticed about the Depression-era uh, children is, uh, and it's not just my dad, I, I've met other older, older men like my dad was uh, that grew up during the Depression. And, you know, children back then, I think, had a, a, a much greater imagination than kids do today. Cause, like, my dad, my dad, when my dad was a child growing up, you know, they had to make all their own toys. They had to, right? They had the imagination to right. create all their own toys to play with. Great so point. Forth.
1: Great point. You
5: understand what I'm saying? Yes. No, you and, are and, you uh, are spot
1: on, Jim. Hundred percent.
5: Yeah, and because uh, I know, as a child growing up, you know, my dad, um, and he he did this before I think they even manufactured these things. Um, he made this tool because my dad was one of his kids. He, he, he never called a handyman. He never called. Right. My dad, if my dad couldn't figure it out, he'd find somebody else that could help him figure it out. But he made this tool for uh, putting drywall up on a ceiling so he could do it himself because he never had the help. And, of course, I wasn't always big uh, enough to help yeah, my dad
1: yeah. put
5: drywall. And he made this tool to put And now I see, you know, then I finally learned over the years that now they, they make those things to help. Drywall. They do. Put dry You're water, correct.
1: I've you see seen that. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs>
5: but but anyways, so my mom, so my mom one day she calls me up and she goes, she goes, uh, James, I need you to come over to the house and put a hot water heater in my in my house. And I says, well, why doesn't Roy do it? You know, That's my brother. And she goes, she goes, what? Well, your brother doesn't know how? And I says, what do you mean your brother doesn't know how? And and uh, my brother doesn't know how. And and she goes. Well, because she he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't hang around your dad and do everything with your dad like you did. And I said, "What do you mean, Mom? I thought Roy always was with me when when Dad and I worked together." She goes, "No." She goes, "You were the only one that hung around with your dad. Your dad drug you everywhere to do everything."
1: Mm-hmm. And I
5: started thinking about, it, and I like, you know, that's true. Because I and then I started thinking. About all the stuff that I know how to do, I learned everything from my dad. I mean, from working on cars, I can build up. I can build up because I have a farm out east, you know. Like I've told you, and I can I can put up all my own fence lines, uh, you know, without any help, you know, other than right. my wife. Right, she's my, she's my gopher. Uh, but you know, I, I can do everything on my farm by myself without without no yeah. help from anybody. Great point. You know what I'm saying. Great point. You know, and, and then I wanted to bring up one other thing to you here, John. You know, um, this is with regards to cars. You know, one of the one of the things that drives me crazy about cars, and, and I, I I know we have a, a, a law in the state, but they don't really enforce it, but tinted, tinted windows just drive me crazy in this state. All these people moving here with tinted windows. And I'm going to tell you the problem I see with tinted windows. First off, first and foremost, before you saw all these people moving here with tanned windows, you know you could drive down the road and you could come up behind somebody and just by merely looking at the back of their head or through their mirrors, mm-hmm. you could see what what they were about ready to do, whether they were going to do a, a lane change or whatever. And you can't do that now with with windows that are tinted, so you have Yeah, no and, idea and to your point, did. a lot of
1: the you know, and it's not even the fault of the owners. In a lot of cases, the back, you know. Th- Two-thirds of the vehicle are tinted that way dark, by the way, from the factory, which makes it really difficult to see what's going on inside the vehicle. You're correct.
5: And I would really think the, the, the police departments would really be against it. Because... Well,
1: they're, they're definitely against, and I've seen them ticket individuals for the you know driver passenger front windows being that way but there's there's no law nothing they can do about the you know if you've got a sedan and a back window or an suv or even a pickup truck a four-door pickup truck in the back windows all the way around you know you know the the you know 180 going around it if they're all dark tinted from the factory yeah, there's nothing they can do about it
5: yeah but you know the, but see you know lawmakers could put a stop to that john i mean because as a cop, I wouldn't want to be a cop coming up on a tinted uh, tinted window car. Because how do you, if you can't see what that person inside that car is doing, how do you know they're not getting prepared to pull a gun on you? Well, I'll keep you know car? keep in mind
1: with law enforcement, and this is why they're big on the front windows and the tint of them. And they will ticket people and make them take that off of the front windows. Because what a cop will do, an officer will do, as they're walking up to the vehicle. You may not know this or not, but they're looking in the rearview mirror at that individual. That's why they come up on the corner of the car and come around it. They just don't walk up from the side. They're coming up from around because they can look in the rearview mirror that way and see exactly what's going on in the vehicle. That's why they don't like those side windows being darked in it. They can't see in.
5: Yeah, but but I'm pretty sure Colorado has a... has a long place where, where the, the, shade, the shades can only be so.
1: dark. That's right. I know because of that reason you're mentioning the cop. You know the, the officer cannot see through the side window if it's deep tinted. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, I can't so, remember what the percentage is, Jim. There's a, but there is. In fact, most police departments, if they really want to get. Get uh, you know get get really ticky tacky. Uh, some of them even carry around with them a tint checker where they roll the window down ever so slightly. This device goes over the top and it tells you what the percentage of tint is immediately on the machine. And if you don't meet the requirements, you'll get a ticket and re- be required to change it.
5: Well, I thought I thought even manufacturers manufacturers should know. Uh, well, but a manufacturer
1: that- will never will never tint the front two windows. Only the backs. And that's yeah, that's current law you can still do that
5: But but don't but don't don't they still have to only ten According to whatever that state is, nope. Required they can be as,
1: yeah. You know, and think about it this way, Jim. They can be as dark as they want because you think if you think about cube vans and other things that have no windows at all, the argument against them having any kind of a regulation on that would be, well, what about a, you know, what about a, a cube van that only has two front windows? How is that any different than a suburban with dark tint all around except for the two front windows? There's no difference. Yeah, that's I, that's I the I argument. Just, that's I, how they're going to come back to yet.
5: I, I I don't know. I just I don't approve of them. I, I guess growing up in Colorado when we never had them. No, nope, they're very common today, them. though.
1: Most vehicles, uh, you know, SUVs, etc. Will and from the factory, you, you don't even get an option on that when you buy one from uh, you know from the manufacturer. It's just going to come that way. It as an, as an owner, you're it's nothing you're doing.
5: Well, you know, there's a, there's another throwback on this that I don't think a lot of people understand, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this but you know with tinted windows you know during the winter months John even when 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 it might be 10 10 degrees outside if you have clear windows and you have a nice sunny day out that 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 sun heats up the inside of your car
1: mhm it does you
5: understand what I'm saying whereas if you have tinted windows you're getting into one freezing bloody car yep i, I don't know i like i i don't know I, I i just like i just i don't know i just see a lot of throwbacks to tinted windows but
1: I guess I'm just getting normal, John. Well, we both are. I'm I'm right there with you, Jim. (laughs) All right, John. You have a good weekend. Hey, man. You too, Jim. Appreciate you very much. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
5: With everyone wanting
6: more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a three two one buy-down or refinance to pay less interest on your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. That's seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. And the MLS two nine eight one nine one regulated by DOR.
3: pet portal. Plus, don't forget to read their blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. Do you take your dog on hikes? Check out Hiking the Trail Safely with Your Dog. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe all pets deserve to have a good life. Call today 303-708-8050 or check them out LoneTreeVet.com.
1: Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com.
3: Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical.
1: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Lines open, by the way. Any question that you have for us, let us know. 303-477-5600. Question of the day is the best car repair or driving tip your dad ever taught you had. A text message came in and said, my dad taught me patience. He was an Air Force radio and radar technician. He could fix anything electrical, taught me soldering, but everything else as well. I had to do, or it, it had a lot to do with my career, Uh, as a home appliance repair mine, so it paid off very well. So, yes, thank you. And that was Dave, by the way. So, Dave, thank you for that very well. And I think a lot of us can think back and have some memories along those lines. I mean, I have – my problem is Kurt and Kurt Rogers joining us now. Uh, Kurt, I've got so many, I don't know where I'd start. That's because your dad was more active in your life. Very, very. I mean, everything from how to – you know, play sports to how to fix certain things uh-huh. to you name it. I mean, yeah. just all of those life lessons.
6: You brought up a point as I was listening coming in about we didn't call repairmen.
1: No, never. You,
6: you figured out a way, and you didn't go buy a new one. You fixed oh, no, what you, you had. Fixed,
1: yeah, yeah. There, you know, there wasn't money to go buy a new one. That duck didn't ta- exist. That tape was great. It helped you get things to last longer. We fixed everything um i mean it didn't matter what it was we fixed it we we built things we you know built some things from scratch i mean you name it we you know we just fixed it and did it that's what you know it's just the way it was it's just the way life was yeah i mean there were other people and i know at that time cuz i grew up in the you know 60s and 70s for the most part by the time i got into the 80s i was you know out of high school and you know starting to work and all of that but so you know 60s and 70s mainly um and, and for the most part you know the 70s yep. is the is the that 10 year section is what i remember the most at, at home um not that i can't remember prior to that but you know you're you're old enough to start doing some things and that 10 year time frame from when you're about i don't know kurt 5 6 to you yep. know, 16 or so, you know, it's kind of that uh, when you can start uh, doing it, some that's things.
6: It, that, there's so much absorption that you take in that you don't even realize.
1: Yeah, and I had no idea at the time you were, you know, sucking all that information in. Everything from, you know, at age 10 and having a paper out that was sort of force-fed. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you at 10, did I really want one? I mean, I didn't mind, but was it really my idea or dad's idea? Well, it was probably more it's, my dad's idea. dad's but idea. But as it turned you need to bring out, somebody into yeah, the house. <laughs> as it turned out, it worked. I mean, you know, back then, and you know, this is funny. I was telling my wife this the other day. Back then, you can't do this today, I don't think, because of the banking laws and so on. But I had a checking account with my paper route when I was 10, which I don't think you can do today because you have to be a certain age or have maybe another signer on the account or whatever. But I had, a, you know, my folks might have been on that account with me. I don't remember now. But, you know, I had to write a check to, I delivered papers for, The Daily Camera that was up in Boulder at the time. It was delivered in the evenings during the week and mornings on Saturday and Sunday. So I'd get home from school, get my bundle of papers that were already there, have to get them all folded up, get the inserts in, whatever you need to do, band them up or put them in bags if the weather was bad. Then you'd hop on your bike and you had to have them delivered by 530 to 6 at night is when they needed to be delivered by. That was kind of the guarantee of when they needed to be on the front step was by then. And, you know, you had to learn everything from how to get all that done on time. You couldn't dink around with your friends after school. Homework had to come after you get your paper route done. You had to learn how to collect because back then there wasn't anything automated. Internet didn't exist. So you mm-hmm. had to go door to door and collect, you know, <laughs> your money that they owed you for the paper and the whole nine yards. And, you know, you had to also know how many papers on the route that I actually need. And I, at a very early age, you know, learn. I mean, I'm 10, I learned that my dad... Because he got me the paper out, he wanted a free paper, and I back then you used to get two free papers: the one on the top of the stack and the one on the bottom of the stack. They didn't charge you for because they were a little because those up. are the ones that get a little beat up. That's right. So you always got two free papers in your stack, and I can't remember how many homes I did. Now it was thirty-five or forty, something like that. But anyways, uh, you know, you had to peddle all of that as well. So I used to order. I had it down to where I knew exactly how many papers I needed. I didn't get any extras because that cut into your profit. And I had one customer that ba- that rarely paid me. But if I didn't deliver, they'd always complain. These are good life lessons, by the way. So what I learned was, okay, if you're going to be that way, you get the bottom. You're getting the bottom paper. That's exactly <laughs> right, Kurt. Yeah. So I learned really quickly that you know, if they're not going to pay me, then you're not going to get the top quality paper either. I'll still deliver it and deliver it on time because for the most part, you're getting a free paper. And the reason why I couldn't collect, I can still remember this one. They had a dog, German Shepherd, meanest stinking German Shepherd I've ever met in my entire life. And that dog's name, I can still remember this day, was Susie. Susie was the meanest German shepherd you've ever met in your entire life. And if you didn't deliver papers just right, and this was a long driveway, they probably had a 100-foot driveway. And I'm not exaggerating. It might even be longer than that. And to get it on the front step, You had to ride all the way down. Hopefully Susie wasn't outside, and you'd toss that paper as far as you could and pedal as fast. Because if Susie was around and she saw you in the front yard, she was biting your ankle on the way out on the bike. And I am not exaggerating. My brother and I, sometimes we'd tag team the thing, and we would run a decoy. Mm-hmm. Where you could get Susie decoyed off to one side and still get the paper up there and get out without getting bit—that
6: you were doing for free.
1: That I was doing for free. Yeah, thank you, Kurt. It wasn't just getting all done. that for free. I was
6: doing this for free.
1: Why I did that, I have, but I did because if you didn't, they'd complain, and then the paper would be on you about you. Why aren't you doing this? You know. And, and, and what on. would your dad have said? It was a character builder. It was character building. That's exactly right. And I learned how to deal with Susie and them and the collections but i can't, i don't i can't tell you kurt how many times that dog either bit my rear end or bit my ankle <laughs> now today there'd be lawsuits for all That's that right. you know we live in a different time today susie would be euthanized because she bit some kid yeah, yeah. You know, not not back then. You just no, dealt no. with it. Yeah,
6: yeah. You it was,
1: that's the way dogs were. Now, question is: Are have we have we done that wrong now? Because Susie would be dead, and the and the you know owners would be sued. And I'm not saying that what I went through was right, wrong, or otherwise. But it was a learning lesson that you can no longer do today.
6: You know, I think today maybe they would talk to the owners, and the owners would understand if you want to keep the dog alive, you got to keep it caged up.
1: Right. Back then, you have to. That's have to not pay how attention it to the
6: animal. <laughs> Big, big difference.
1: <laughs> All right, we got calls coming in. Again, Kurt's with me, Affordable Interest Mortgage. We'll be right back. Uh, Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
0: It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com.
2: Summer is time for graduations, road trips, and car problems. You can rest easy because AAA-certified Extreme Auto Repair offers free pre-trip vehicle inspections for you and your family's safety. During the spring and summer when temps fluctuate, the parts on your car expand and retract making them lose grip on the parts to which they connect. This can mean that your vehicle may run fine on your way out of town, but you could be in big trouble down the road. Batteries lose charge in extreme hot or cold temps. Brakes can lose grip under the increased strain. Fluids can get backed up or coagulate. Belts, hoses, and the cooling system need inspected. Any number of other things could go wrong. Extreme Auto's ASE Certified Master Mechanics will advise you on anything that they see that looks questionable and recommend fixes to you with no pressure or obligation to fix the problem there. An appointment is needed for the inspection, so head over to klzradio.com extreme or call them at 303-841-1071 to schedule yours today.
8: GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162.
1: Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet All right, somebody texted me this past week, and I apologize. I get a lot of text messages in, and that one got buried, and they wanted me to talk about Canadian cars that come down to the U.S. So, yes, I will cover that today. I've got plenty of time. Kurt Rogers is with me. Uh, Josh Goff was supposed to be with me from Ridgeline Auto Brokers and Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, but he got sick kind of last minute, so it's just me, and Kurt will be with me for a little bit, but if you guys have anything you want to talk about, questions or just comments, whatever, let us know, 303-477-5600, and again, even re- especially repair questions. You got a problem with your car, whatever, let us know. We'll get you fixed up, not a problem at all, and you can text us as well, 307 282 22 Bill and Centennial, you're next.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, I'm Bill. And about Father's Day, but you brought up
1: a subject that
7: I'm willing to listen to. You talked about cars coming down from Canada. Yes. If you remember, I bought the 2022 GMC Acadia. Yes, you
1: did. That is correct.
7: So I'll, I'm curious to hear about what you have to say about that. But what I want to comment about fathers is that uh, there was four of us boys and two good daughters. My dad... You know, like you said, you always have to fix something because we couldn't afford to get it done. Right. And I was always the one that was the other set of hands helping out with the car and stuff because my other brothers were too busy playing sports and doing this, that, and whatever. And I learned a lot from him. I was his second set of hands Mm -hmm. to help out. The problem nowadays, I think, is so much stuff is a throwaway society. A lot of your, I don't know, I don't want to say appliances, but a lot of stuff that you used to be able to fix, you can't fix anymore. They don't have the parts. You you just buy it, and when it wears out, you throw it away. Mm -hmm. You can't get anything to fix anymore, and as for cars... You know they're becoming so complicated the average Joe can't work on them anymore. I mean he can do like oil changes and maybe break
1: even cuts. that's tough on some yeah. vehicles to your point, Bill. you don't have the right tool, yeah, no your yeah, point, so that's really hard on some vehicles
7: got some kind of special computer or something to understand that. The average Joe can't work on it, but that's anyway, very true I think you got a good show. I miss my dad,
1: yeah, anyway, I feel for you, Bill,
7: yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Andrew. You're very I'm welcome, Bill. No, I
1: pre- You know what, Bill? Thank you. That means a lot. And I appreciate you calling. And uh, yeah, thank you, Bill. Make make me tear up here. I appreciate that very much, Bill. And my dad's still around. Love him dearly. And yet I know that every year I get a little older, he gets a little older. And, uh, you know, neither one of us are quite the shape we are. Used to be Kurt, but yet still keep trucking along and doing what we need to do, and life goes on.
6: Uh, the, and you talk about uh, the, your question of the day, what did Dad do? And my dad wasn't much of a, a mechanic. He didn't, that wasn't, he was in construction. So there was a lot of things I learned there. But the one thing that he, that he taught me that I didn't realize until I got out was work ethics. Yep. And those work ethics have carried us through life. Yep. When we learn them in the 60s and the 70s, that's the, the boomer generation yep. that, that's you can see that that we keep moving yep. and we don't always do everything right but the work ethics are
1: huge one thing i can still remember my dad just hammering home he my, you know me my brother especially was i don't care what you become when you grow up i don't care if you're a ditch digger when you grow up all i want is for you to outwork the guy next to you be the best and be the best and i don't care what it is you do I'll be proud no matter what. Just work harder than the next guy. You show up before everybody. You're the last one to leave. Yep. And I've taught every one of my kids the exact same thing. You'll be successful in life. You don't have to be the smartest guy on the job or the smartest girl on the job. You just have to outwork everybody else, and you'll still have a job. Because Just because you're the smartest doesn't mean you'll always have one. But you outwork them, and guess what? You'll have one. Because employers understand that more than they even do the smarts. uh,
6: When I hire somebody, I look for certain characteristics that portray that. Yep. And if I have them, then I'm not looking at all the skills because I can teach the skills.
1: One thing that somebody, uh, Frank, actually uh, sent this in on an email is one thing my dad educated me on after I took driver training. And by the way, I was the same way on this one. So I, 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 I fully get this one. He taught me how to look for deer, elk animals alongside the road at night by looking for the reflection of their eyes oh, nice. to know if there was something, you know, off on the edge in the burrow pit in the bushes whatever. And that could be everything from, you know, a skunk, a deer, an elk, a, a coyote whatever, a dog, even a stray dog. Uh you know, how to look for animals along the side of the road because we lived out in the country, of course, and what you looked for at night to make sure that you didn't have any of those you know, freak accidents.
6: And if you can't see them, you slow down. There you go. If you're going so fast, you can't see that. You can't see that. If you can't scope that terrain, yep. you need to slow down.
1: You know, has that paid off for me? Well, so far. So far, so good. I Knock on wood. I hate to say this because about the time you do, you'll have an issue, but I've, I've never hit a large animal.
6: I did once.
1: And I've never had that. I've been very fortunate.
6: I was uh, going through Utah, and I barely caught him. Ah. But it was at the last second, he, and I caught just a part of his head. <clears throat>
1: Because those things can be. They didn't be, catch him with a car. I caught him with a mirror. Some of those things can be extreme. As we all know, those can be extremely <clears throat> damaging. People yes. have lost their life over, you know, over, a, over an accident along those lines, depending upon what happens with the animal, how big the animal is. I mean, you can hit everything from you know, all the way up to now in Colorado, especially moose and things like that. And I mean, you hit a 1,000-pound animal, and it can, it can be very, very destructive if you're going over 40, 50 miles an hour.
6: We lived up in Illinois, and one of the things I was taught was that if you're going to hit an animal as you're going through, section it. Find a piece uh, of it. Do not hit it straight on, because that's more dangerous. Uh, Even though the car outweighs the animal, good point. if you get the weight distribution yeah, of no, it, was a whole point. lot
1: better. More deflection than there is yes. you know, a, a direct impact. And again, Kurt Rogers, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Kurt was on with me this last Thursday. We talked a little bit about interest rates, what's going on in the housing market, which, by the way, the car world, and much of you may or may not realize this, but what goes on with interest rates and even the housing market has a lot to do with what happens in the car world. So it's always interesting to me to see what's happening in that area because it has a big bearing on what happens on the car end of things as well because they do go hand in hand, don't yeah, they, Kurt? Yeah,
6: that, as a matter of fact, that's why rates aren't moving quite down because – Car pricing, which is one of the CPIs, Consumer Price Indexes, that they use, car pricing is up.
1: Still up. That's right. And,
6: along with energy prices being right. up. And those two are the two that are hurting yep. the, the, the inflation rate from coming down a little bit more for rates to come down.
1: Correct. So,
6: so Strange that you mentioned that. But no, they, they, you. They,
1: they, you know, they tie – into one another. And then the one thing I always mention when Kurt's with me, especially for those of you that are out listening, and I know there's a lot of you that are like me. You're self-employed, and you know, you're know you working out a living and trying to teach your kids the same thing and doing exactly what I do on a daily basis. And I will tell you, if you're self-employed and you don't know what the all-in-one loan is, I'll just put a quick plug in for Kurt on that. Call Kurt. Find out how that works. Find out if it's something that would work for you in your specific situation. But I will tell you, there's two things there. self-employed. And as you're getting up in life, where you're thinking, you know, maybe in a few years I'd like to have a reverse mortgage. Well, truthfully, If you're in your late 50s, early 60s, and you've got a lot of equity in the home, instead of going the reverse mortgage way, I would highly suggest you do the all-in-one loan now versus that later. You may find that actually being more beneficial to you later on than even a reverse mortgage.
6: It actually does work that way. It doesn't have near the cost with it. It actually allows you to have more access to your equity, um, and you're able to withdraw funds from it for the 30 years. Right. So it does work that way. It's not for everybody. Just like the reverse is not. Right. But it's an alternative that can help you do that.
1: Right. So, again, if you're in that world, either self-employed or you're getting a little older and you're thinking, hey, I'm looking for just security down the road. How do I do that? And you may even be in a position where your house is completely paid for. The all-in-one may come in super handy for you as you go through some of those later stages of life. And just knowing you've got a – uh, how do I want to say this, a, a nest egg in the equity of your home without selling it that if you needed to tap into with the all-in-one, Kurt, you could.
6: Well, see, that's and I have several customers like myself. I own my house free and clear, but I, I will not pay off the last 100 100- $200 on the loan. Right. I don't want the title. I want the access to my equity for 30 years, and that's where the all-in-one comes into play. And my wife and I sat and talked about it, and that's going to be our medical escape. If there's something that comes happens,
1: up. you've got access.
6: I got. I don't yep. have to worry about it. I have to you're take it out of my loan, 401k. In, that's
1: right. You're not monkeying around with anything. It's I'm right also, there. It's
6: right here for me, yep. and I don't have to move.
1: Yep. So, again, it's, it's, those of you curious about that, give Kurt a call, one of our great sponsors. The other thing is if you like what you hear on Drive Radio... It's because of folks like Kurt and what they do to help me make this show happen on a weekly basis, which we appreciate very much from Kurt and all of our other people that are partners with us as well, which you can find all of those at drive-radio.com, so drive-radio.com. All right, we'll be right back. This is Drive Radio. Don't go anywhere. KLZ 560.
9: That's
1: 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Question of the day. What did Dad teach you, either about driving or car repair or whatever? It doesn't matter. Just give us your story. A lot of you are texting me some of these, and I'll try to read as many of these as I can throughout the day today. So thank you for doing that. I do appreciate it. One that just came in was... uh, Uh, My dad, the car dealer, taught me the work ethic, too. Guarantee I can outwork most anyone, too. He talks about a particular song that mentions that, taught taught the value of a penny and a dollar. Grandfather grew up in the Depression and died very wealthy. His first job was delivering newspapers. (laughs) He delivered 100 papers a day and made a penny per newspaper. Even today, I'll buy a new truck or or whatever, and I'll be like, man, that's a lot of newspapers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 40, and I still pick up a penny on the ground, and I've taught my kids to do the same thing. I'm not cheap and should probably be more frugal, but I know the value of a penny and a dollar, and thank you. I do as well, and I think that's something that we need to continue to teach the next generation. And unfortunately, the digital age has taken away from what those values are, and most people don't understand them anymore. They don't even carry cash anymore, so they don't understand it.
6: Yeah. If you reach in your pocket and you have to pull out $20 to pay for something. That's right. You start to understand what it costs to get to that $20, the effort put forward. Yep. I pick up coins. When I see coins, I do the same thing. I pick them up. Mine's a little different. I understand the value of the money, but I also understand it says on the side, in God, we trust. It's his. It ain't mine, so I need it. That's
1: right. Somebody asked a question really quick. Uh, What do you do about replacing the broken plastic rain guards, the kind that are double-side taped, you know, 3M taped to your windows, uh, the hail has busted all of them? Replace them. Just buy new ones. It'll come with the new tape. You get the old tape off or, you know, take the old ones off. You get the rest of the residue off. A uh, little bit of a heat gun, by the way. It doesn't have to be super hot. And a hairdryer and some acetone. And you can take off all of the rest of that very easily and then just put the new ones on if you want them on. You don't have to run them. That's a personal choice. Some folks love them. Some folks don't. If you want them back on, just order a new set and put them on and away you go. Piece of cake. They're, they're not that hard to install. Nick and Aurora, you're next. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am doing well just have a comment to make about one of your sponsors, Colorado Car Works. Okay. Uh,
7: the fact my wife <laughs> had some damage done to her car. I took it there. I couldn't have been happier. Very honest, Very just just a great shop.
1: Well, uh, McKeen's a great comment. guy. Love him dearly, great friend, and just love him a lot.
7: He does good work, and uh, I just wanted to let
3: you
1: know that. Well, I appreciate that. So, Nick, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that uh that comment, that is that is awesome, and yes, I appreciate that very much. Uh, on the Canadian cars, uh, somebody also asked, and I'll get into the more of that probably at the 11, not probably I'll do that at eleven o'clock for sure. Somebody asked though, so what's the deal with the majority of them coming down with this? film this undercoat that's on them it seems like most all of the canadian dealers spray that yeah it used to happen a lot here in the u.s as well we call it undercoating here i don't know what they call it up there don't care it's still at the end of the day undercoating which i absolutely as a technician hated because it's nasty it's greasy it's slimy i just i don't care for it um and if those cars are coming with it there's not much you can do about getting it off would I not buy a car with undercoating? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, for me personally, it would depend on the car. My preference is to not have it, and a lot of what, a lot of you are thinking, "Well, well, why?" Isn't it a protectant against you know rust and salt and so on? Sometimes, and I mean sometimes by and what I mean by that is the problem with undercoating is if it gets into a place where it didn't bond correctly and it starts to peel, it can actually cause more rust and corrosion than it would if it wasn't there. The majority of new cars today, by the way, they've got such a good anti-corrosion uh, package and the way they're manufactured and so on that you you just don't see the rust on newer cars like you once did. You know, Even here in Colorado, you'd see a lot of older pickup trucks and certain vehicles just were more prone to rust than others. Yeah, I know there's still some, some cars in the rust belt to where maybe some rust will happen on a newer car, but not like it once did. So is it a big deal, especially in Colorado, to have you know a protection under the vehicle when it comes to rush, rust and corrosion? The answer is no. In Colorado, we don't need that. I would prefer a vehicle without it. A, it adds extra weight. B, it makes it harder to work on the vehicle on down the road, especially when you're trying to get things off of the Underside of the vehicle where there may be wiring harnesses and things that are clamped and so on. It's a pain in the rear to work on those vehicles. And if a car is undercoated and you need that kind of work done down the road, plan on spending more to have it done because the technician in the shop is going to charge you more because they have to deal with what I just talked about.
6: Another thought to that is how long are you going to keep the car? Good point. You know, if I'm only going to keep the car three to five years car's going to go away i'm going to get another one
1: you don't need it then for sure
6: why do i need it because the cars the factory's taking care of it that long
1: correct correct yeah again thank you Kurt. in most cases you've got a long-term uh a long-term corrosion warranty on that and and this texter is texting me saying most of the canadians call this fluid film Uh, when you go look up fluid film though it really is in essence just undercoating uh, in this case, it comes in a can. Most of the time, if you're doing it at the dealership, they're using a you know thirty gallon drum that comes out and they shoot it underneath the vehicle. And yeah, am I a fan of it? No, uh, I hated it as a kid. It was something that a lot of dealerships did. It was an option. Some some people love it. It will you know the one plus side to it is it does make the vehicle more soundproof. Yes. Because yes. you don't get as much road noise coming up underneath the vehicle. Yep. So there is an added benefit to that. But outside of that, is there a real benefit? Um, I I don't think so, no. I don't like it.
6: No, but if you're looking at a used car, you might want to try to find the origin of that car where it's been driven the previous there years. There Because if you're going onto to the East Coast... You have some issues that you have to make sure you need to check for rust.
1: And, again, and the biggest thing on that in, in our area here, I talk about this in the winter months, especially for those of you that have listened to our program any length of time, and that is you know, go to a, either yourself or go to a car wash that has a good underwater you know, un, underbody spray, and the minute we're done with a snowstorm in Colorado and the things have kind of lightened up, Get that stuff off of there, and Mm -hmm. all of that corrosion is typically washed off, and it's not a big deal. So, again, it comes down to how well are you maintaining and taking care of your vehicle, to your point, Kurt. It's not rocket science, folks. It really isn't that hard to deal with. I'll talk more about what to look at when it comes to Canadian vehicles coming to the U.S., and, yes, there is, I think, right now a plethora of them because cars have been so hard to get a hold of in the used car market even that dealers have gone to pretty much any length they can to try to find inventory so they can sell, because if they don't sell cars, they don't stay in business. So to their, you know, uh, not not really defending them. It's just what they have to do to stay in business. they got to have inventory. They can't sell cars. Right, and they don't make them. They And they don't make money if they don't have cars to sell. So yeah. you're right. They don't sell them. You know, they don't make them, and if they don't have them, they can't sell them. That's so right. at the end of the day, they have to have product to sell. So we'll new, come back. I'll do that in a moment.
6: New car dealership doesn't make used cars. That's if right. If they're not trading to get them, they That's can't. Right. That's point, them.
1: Kurt. Kurt Rogers again, Affordable Interest Mortgage, seven two zero We'll be right back, though. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
2: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.